they got eliminated anyways. All right, we're we're finally, <laughs> finally God, man, we're finally off the ground again. Finally, my God, um, you have no idea what kind of shenanigans were taking place before we started the record button today. <laughs> but, well, welcome back to Old Dog Jiu Jitsu Podcast. This is Doctor Joe. I'm here with Coach Anthony, and it hey, has hey. been um, it's been a while. It's been a long so, while. It's been, it's been a long been, while. I feel it's three weeks, four weeks. I think it's been like four months. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like four yeah. months. Uh, before ADCC and before the Atlanta Open. Yeah, actually, you're right. And yeah. I'm sitting with the winner <laughs> of our contest for our picks. And it came down yeah. to the wire. Yeah. It came down to Andre Galval and Felipe, uh, Pena. Felipe Pena, which really wasn't even a close match. Oh, no, definitely not. It oh, just man. Galval was like, hey, I'm just going to throw you around for I don't even how long was that match? Uh, two hours. Yeah, seriously. It just <laughs> felt like of, it never was going to end. Eating. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, so what do you think? So first of all, before we get started, what, what we had that that day was the John Danaher Back Attack Enter the System uh, DVD set. And you've been so patiently waiting. I should have just brought them to class. <laughs> but we are certainly, we're handing them over to Coach right now. Thank you, uh, thank you. Yours. Yeah, these are uh, beautiful part one and two. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, watch your backs, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be He's coming for him. Very long-winded, but I think Danaher's a really good guy to watch if you are interested in teaching. Yeah, no doubt. You he know. has a very good system of you know explaining things, and I think you mentioned it actually on that last uh, podcast was he's that old school like if he says it more than two times or three times like it's going to be on the test kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah, he definitely has that <clears throat> academic approach to it, but I can see how I can see how seasoned black belts may not have the patience maybe sure. to, to watch his instructionals. Yeah, because they are very detailed, they're very drawn out, and where people would want to say, I just want to see the technique. Yeah, he man, and and a lot of the lot of the the videos or the segments that he does will retouch on something he said in the beginning, right? Or he said already three or four times. But I enjoy watching them. I think he's a he's a good instructor. He's an amazing instructor. Is this... um, just a different type of style that maybe isn't for everything. He's actually I've I've heard him say, or I haven't heard it from his mouth. I forgot how how I caught wind of this, that he calls himself a really poor group instructor. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he's, he's very like individualistic. Yeah. He his, himself, yeah. yeah. He, he, I, the things I heard mentioned were that, um, he's not very loud. Mm, yeah. That's obvious. So he has a hard time in that type of setting. Yeah. Um, and again, he's not working to the lowest common denominator. Gotcha. Which is a good quality in a group class. Yeah. Not great for your competitors, but great for your everyday people. So sure. he's probably what I think most people would consider a high-level competitor type instructor and not somebody that you'd necessarily want to run your fundamentals class. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's not your kid's coach. That's and it sure. sounds like, have you heard stories about Henzo's? How his how, how that academy works in New York? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Honestly, Henzo's not something I've really paid a whole lot of attention to as far as like their whole, you know, it's Danaher. Yeah. And outside of that, I don't know. But it, it's like, almost like he owns that blue basement. Okay. Yes. Now that I have heard that that's kind of like his, uh, uh like his, his domain. Yeah. Domain. There you go. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's funny cause I, I'm from, again, I haven't been there. This is all hearsay, but it's almost like the guys who do gi don't even have a lot of contact with the blue yeah. basement. Yeah, just kind of like if you're Gordon or Nikki or whatnot, like you live down there. That's right. your space. Like, yeah, just uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I think Keenan sure. goes over like how it was like to be there. Yeah, which 
sidebar with him real quick i'm curious about his new uh new school which it's supposed to be is it open now it should be well he keeps saying the mats are coming in yeah well so but last time i heard that was when he was talking uh after his eye infection cleared up um so but that's been a couple weeks at this point did you hear what he said about the uniforms yes about well i remember him talking um to josh about the whole like i don't know if i'm gonna do like the bow in like he was still trying to figure out his whole process but what, what what in the sense of like so I don't want to, for, for I mean, I'm, I guarantee if, if somebody's listening to this podcast, they probably listen to the Matt Byrne podcast. So I don't want to rehash too much. And I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to speak, I don't want to say something that's not 100% accurate. Sure. But what I gained from it was he doesn't like the process of schools. And I don't know how schools outside of Gracie Baja work. Um, but he doesn't like the idea of if you come to our school, you have to buy all of our products. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That part, that is what I gathered as right, well. Yes. Right. He says that the instructors make enough money off of the students and their membership fees, which I beg to differ about that. Yeah. Part of running a school is not only having your students, but it's also having your retail shop. Yeah. hundred percent. Whether it's supplements, whether it's uniforms. And I think that, you know, you, I have mixed feelings about it too because I like the individualism of having whatever rash guard or gi that you want. But when yeah. you're with your team, you're with your team. I, I don't want to interject too much. What do you – so so he <laughs> says basically yeah. um, he thinks it's inappropriate for a school to mandate that you buy their gis, yeah. that you buy their patches, that you have them put the patches on. I don't know what the hell he meant by that. I never, I've never heard of that. Oh, really? A oh. fee for putting your patches on? Oh well, he fee in the sense of like buying like the patch. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really all he meant was like you have to buy the patch from them. Like you can't right. even go get it off eBay kind of thing. Like right, they want right, right, all right. the money to funnel through them. Yeah. So you know, in in the sense of like I and I had, I still haven't finished the course, which is you know pretty bad. The, uh, <laughs> uh, the ICP. <laughs> the ICP yeah, yeah, I'm I'm close, but um, I've taken all like the the first whatever the five modules that was all business before yeah. they got in the cl- class thing. And before I took that, I was very like anti like where the have to wear the gi kind of thing um from a business aspect i get it 100 percent um if it was mine i would want you to buy my gi from a team aspect i get it we're all gonna wear i'll rep the gracie baja stuff all the time because i enjoy being a part of this team i enjoy the people that i roll with um but i do miss kind of that i really like that uh that meerkatsu rash guard i want to i want to wear that i'll still wear the gracie gi but i want to wear this cool rash guard so that's the only part that i miss in that sense is like the little bit of individual individuality that i had that's now gone and now we're all wearing the same thing it's like we could we could get a little leeway in here i wish that would change but it's it's not because it's worked it's gonna gonna drift the other direction yeah Yeah. no it is unfortunately yeah So um, there's pros and cons, pros and cons to both. Well, my my problem with it, and and I'd voice this, I wasn't ever reserved about voicing this, is that my problem was if you, if you have these, if you have this, um, uh, the the geese or the rash guards or whatever it may be, um, and you want them to have them every single class and have them be standardized. I, I totally get that. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm more of a zealot. Like I'm, I'm, I have that zealot mindset, that traditional mindset yeah. where I'm like, yes, sir. All right. That's fantastic. Sure. So I do. I already know that about myself. My problem is with, with Gracie Baja was you're not making this affordable. Why can I yes. buy the gi for a hundred bucks from storm? And then there's this huge markup. And right. now I'm looking at the, the stuff I'm getting from storm as far as like, spats and things like that i'm like this is higher quality 
about the time that I had voiced that to a couple people, that's right when Gracie Baja came out with their their like the versions of their keys that, that were less expensive. So yeah. they kind of addressed that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that, that Keenan doesn't, I, I don't know if he realizes this or not, but most most studios, most academies, when you sign up, you get a free yeet. Yeah, right. So it's, it, now it's not a show your role. Sure. You know, but, but it's, honestly, it's, you don't need that. I've had a show your role. I've had a couple yeah. show your roles. They're great, but they're not like, I don't know. The first one that I had, I tore it up just as quickly as I tore up my first okay. GBG. Honestly, yeah. it's not. I don't think they're as uh, as amazing as people kind of make them yeah, out. They come to be. with magic powers or something. Yeah, they do actually. I don't know yeah. why people <laughs> love them. Why do people, is it a different fit? Do they fit different? Honestly, or? why do, why do people like a Lambo over a Toyota? Honestly, that's really the okay. analogy I always give people. Is like they do the same thing. Right. Point A to point B. You roll in a gi. It's just this is something a little bit cooler, man. You ought to buy yeah. this, and then somebody bought into that and. It just turned into this, like, I've got to show your role. Cool, man. That's great. Are you any better at your jujitsu? It's like, yeah. that's really all it comes down to. Yeah, it reminds me of this. I don't know what his name was, but he was this old Filipino pool player. And he just had like a like $11 Filipino pool stick, a pool cue. Right, yeah. And we just kick everybody's ass with it. Yeah. You know, the, the pool cue isn't going to, it's the skill. Um, and I know from at least Jackson's geese, he has his Adidas one. It's torn up. It's got oh, like really it's ripped. It's already ripped. But his GB one, <clears throat> the cheaper, the cheaper. It's yeah. it's solid. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I mean, the collar's not as thick. So I mean, it's easier. To, the idea that it's supposed to be easier to choke folks if your collar isn't quite as thick. Um, it's it's a harder grip if the key if the collar is thicker. But right. um, yeah. So I don't. The less expensive ones don't mean it's any. Str- it, it might you might actually like it better. Strangely enough, the the Atleta uh, gi that, that Gracie Ball has yeah, has been my favorite. That absolutely favorite gi that i've yeah. ever owned and uh even over the show your roll yeah. and i don't know what is that gi like 160 bucks or something like that i don't i don't remember how much it yeah, was but affordable. Yeah, yeah i i haven't been happier with a gi it's perfect like the perfect weight i don't get too hot in it it hasn't ripped yet i mean granted i don't go to classes often as i'd like to so <laughs> <laughs> professor if he's listening he's probably like yeah it doesn't rip because you don't show up but uh <laughs> yeah so i mean i think that the, the idea of how he's how he's uh, opening his gym might be just kind of a reflection of who he is because I understand that you know there were some issues with him at Autos yeah and maybe that was the team kind of and you know he's a guy that dropped out of school early he's kind of a person that kind of does his own thing sure I don't think yeah. everybody's like that you know yeah. and I think that's a beautiful thing about jiu-jitsu not every school is very traditional not every you know some schools are a little bit more sport orientated and yeah so it does sound like his is going to be very open-minded coming do what you want. He said, they'll give you a gi if you turn in an old one. Yeah. I mean, whatever what you doing, man, that, that, that's, that's cool. Now I, w- I will say after everything that I might've said that sounded negative about the whole Gracie Baja program, I still like deal with the trolls online on Reddit. Every time somebody pops up in like Reddit BJJ or one of yeah. those, I'm like, man, you don't understand. It's a business. Like I, I will always back Gracie Baja on the business side of like, here's why they do things. If you don't like it, you don't have to do that. I mean, right. some people are like, Oh, I don't have a gym other than Gracie Baja that's close to me. And that might be different for, for everybody. And that part I can't say, but um, I do wish they had something in the sense of like rolling deals on a BJJ HQ. You can get yeah. rash guards for like 20 bucks on there. Yeah. That's the only yeah. part that is bad about having to stick to a certain uniform is you miss out on those deals and saving the money, which who doesn't like saving money? Yeah, um, but I, I do I do agree on the business side of Gracie Baja. So yeah. make sure I'm not bashing or anybody thinks no, I'm no, against I, I think against my school. Is, uh, yeah. I, I love I love the the school and everything. But 
I think our loyalty is is through our actions, and we're allowed to voice what, what we're thinking. Yeah, um, no doubt. You know, and if somebody's not receptive to what you're thinking, then that's that's a dictatorship, and that's not good. And I'm sure that the folks at the higher levels. Um, with any successful business, uh, tend to listen. They, they don't want the yes men around them. Yeah, They exactly. want people that are going to challenge their ideas because if their ideas are good, they should be able to answer every single one of those challenges. Yeah, that's how you grow. Yeah. And I don't think... So So today's podcast was actually supposed to be about TRT and uh, we had a guest coming in who's a kind of an expert in that field. Uh, and unfortunately, the last minute things came up, he couldn't make it. So um, Coach and I are just kind of, we're just rolling with it we're today. We're winging it today. Um, and since we're rolling with it, we did have a subject that we'll touch on before we break out. But um, uh, Professor Reggie posted something, and we probably, sh- I'm going to have him on pretty soon. Oh, I'm going to ask him to come on sure. um, about some other subjects. But he had posted something about um, being in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, you know, are you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. 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 So I didn't um, answer yet because I was like, I kind of wanted to to give a really good answer to that. And, uh, I just hadn't had time to, do you want to answer that brew? I mean, we can sure. Why not? Yeah. Let's, let's let's approach it. So, um, God, how did he word it? I don't want to, I don't want to miss. So I'll pull it up. Um, cause I can pull it up really quickly. Um, and he asked, let's see here. Should it, text him before we brought it up on the podcast but i think he'll be okay with that uh i, I would imagine he'd be okay um sorry if i'm speaking for you professor um he's an easygoing guy though uh you know what i just oh did he he might have posted in our group no nah, i think it was somewhere on facebook oh maybe it was just his page in general because i'm looking through all of our gv stuff so while you look it up the idea Oh, here it is. Right okay. Here. Okay. You got it. Uh, it just simply says BJJ student, disciple or customer. And that's, that's, yeah. you know, that's all he put. So disciple or customer, you've been in this longer than I have. <laughs> you, uh, I don't know. I tell you what, what do you think? Cause I feel pretty I strongly am? about this. What do you think I am? Or do you think that we're, we're all the same or no, I think that anybody that spends more than a couple of years you may have started as a customer, but I don't know if you can successfully continue to make something a lifestyle without being a disciple. Okay, I would agree with that 100%. I think that white belts are customers, right? Because they don't know what they're getting into. I'd say 90% of them have no idea of what that journey is going to be like for them. Right. And I'd say after that first year, once you get that blue belt and you get that taste of like, you know, either this is for me or it's not, because that's, we've talked about that previously yep. is you get the blue belt and you're either out the next day or you're, you're probably in it for life. Um, but I think at that point, that blue belt's when you're like, okay, I'm a disciple at this point. This is a, this is a journey I want to be on. This is a lifestyle I want, regardless if you're training five times a week or once a week. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say that you're a disciple at that point. disciple doesn't mean zealot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's just yeah. a, it's a mindset. Yeah. And so I think that when you're looking at any, any type of martial art, but of course we're talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in particular. Um, it is, we're, we're no longer in the days of master, if you teach me, I'll take care of the chickens. Or sure. I will take yeah. care of your house or I'll paint your house or I will clean yeah. in pavement. We're, we're no longer in, in that. We're in a different society now. And so um, I think it depends on the perspective that you're looking at. Because I don't know how you can be a successful gym owner in the United States mm-hmm. without being a servant. Sure. And just like a leader. You can't be a good leader unless you're a servant. Yeah. Um, and so 
I think in the business world that translates as uh, making folks customers. And, and uh, you know, especially in medicine, I, I hate that term. We use it all the time on the administrative level. Right. They're not patients, they're customers. And yeah. more traditional guys are like, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. You know, now I'm, I'm there to treat their disease. I'm not there to give them what they want. Sure. So again, there's that fine line. So we find it in these, in these facets that we're very passionate about. Right. Um, but I think to be a successful gym owner, just like to be a successful hospital, unfortunately, you have to treat your folks like customers. You have to provide something that they're willing to pay for. Sure. Yeah. And the interim of that, I think that you do create disciples and those people that won't be disciples will, they won't stick with it. I mean, they'll stick with it for a certain amount of time, keep your doors open possibly. Right. Um, but I don't know. And then again, I'm not really even... I'm using the word disciple without even knowing what the definition is. I, I know in my like in my mind what I think it means. Like somebody who follows and somebody who's loyal. Yeah. And, I, I don't know the Webster's version of, yeah. uh, of, of, of disciple, which I mean, I can pull it up and we can, we can get super technical, but that's, that's my understanding of um, disciple. Um, let's see here. If you want to say a personal, well, okay. A follower or student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. Yeah. So that's that's what uh, old Miriam Webster and, thinks about and, it. And, and you, as a disciple, you know, and somebody might say, "Well, well, why are you paying a fee? You're paying your monthly fee. You're paying for a uniform. You're paying for well, yeah, because you got to keep the gym open. Yeah, you got to take care of the instructor. On. You got to be able to take care of his livelihood, his family, and so that's that's a part of it. So I think it just depends on the perspective. I think when you if you were to come in through the front door and look to be a customer you would never be successful sure uh, but if you look in looking to be a part of something to find some loyalty to find something to connect with you're going to get the most out of it and on the flip side if you're an instructor that is looking for loyalty this this um, unconditional loyalty and that's what you're expecting from the very beginning i don't know how successful you're going to be in the united states yeah but if you go out there being a servant and it's not, you know, looking for, I hate that idea of looking for customers, but if you go out there, that ser servant leadership attitude, um, people will see that and they will become disciples. Cause that's what, that, that's a good, I don't know. That yeah. was my take on it. Yeah. Well, somebody brought up, um, I know somebody had said, uh, I know we're customers, but we feel like, uh, disciples and friends. Um, it was Ken, right? Uh, it was actually Jennifer. Jennifer said that. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So it's, uh, Ken actually said, I believe we all start as customers. However, a good academy like the one we have creates more. We become friends, disciples, and family, which is the way I've felt, you know, not just at the school, but, you know, where yeah. I, I started before, too. It's, you know, you create that bond. And I always just assume that, you know, trying to kill each other for how many ever hours a day, like, just creates friendships and, and a bond. Weird, that you can't get it. I mean, I, it was that way in wrestling. Like, you know, I don't talk to those guys very often, but, you know, I'm sure if I ran into them and, you know, yeah. we went and had a beer, it'd be like picking up, you know, from yesterday. Because once you try and kill somebody, you know, and they try and kill you yeah. and it's, you know. It creates you, a weird bond. It's a super, super weird bond, but it's something you can't deny. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. It's, it's a very interesting situation. I would be curious because in my world outside of jujitsu, everything is based on data. Right. And if you don't have data, you can't really prove it. I, you know, people say... I sometimes have confrontational conversations, but the moment somebody says, I feel, I, I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you feel. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care what you feel. Sure. I'm great. I'm great. We can talk about your feelings later. What does the data show? Yeah. Because we facts. don't have data and even data is skewed, but at least it's more reliable than your feelings right now. We can talk about your feelings later. Right. There's no real data on this. I don't think. 
But my feeling, <laughs> my feeling is those instructors that go out there um, demanding loyalty, demanding X, Y, and Z, looking for. I don't think they last. No, they can't. Not here. That yeah. you definitely can't because, especially it, at least in, in this generation now that's out there, you know, signing up and everything, they don't want to be told what to do. Right. You right, know, right. most I'd say kids essentially now now I do sound like I belong on the old dog BJJ podcast uh, <laughs> most kids don't want to be told what to do um, and so if you come out with that um, you know I guess it goes back to the, uh, the everybody gets a trophy generation yeah. you know it's like you can't play a baseball game you can't go to you know any kind of tournament without everybody getting a trophy so if you try and do that old school like you know I'm the master follow me this whole thing you're not going to get your your customers uh, to turn into disciples uh, uh, through that right. you know you have to build those genuine relationships um, just by you open the doors up people find you you know you start building those bonds through them showing up but sure. not by making them do anything um yeah, and I don't think it, it and I think that might get skewed a little bit when people say customers, it doesn't mean that you give them their ranks. They're customers, they still have to earn what they're, yes, they're doing. So exactly. you have to be a, um, you have to have integrity with it. And I think that all comes. So somebody else had said in that uh, that thread as well that um in, in America for sure customer, um, if somebody was to open another gym across the street, your best student will move there just because it's a new school's more cool or had a world champion fighter which I think is probably pretty accurate to some degree, especially mm -hmm. for like the newer people. I think once you develop that bond we've talked about, it'd be a lot harder for me to jump across the street and go to, you know, one of our neighborhood schools. Oh, yeah. Just to be like, eh, I want to try something different. But yeah. do you think that's because you're now a disciple and you're yeah, no longer definitely, a customer? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's okay. where I was, I was going with yeah, that. Because yeah. like I've built relationships. I've built um you know family so to speak it's um and i've trained with those guys that are across the street and they're all great and everything and i have friends that go there but it's kind of like you've got friends everywhere but you don't go sleep at you know your friend's house you, you yeah. go back to your your family and you yep. know that's where you're that's where you break break bread at thanksgiving you yeah. know it's like sure you can you can go visit but that's not where you're gonna yeah. stay well so that that's good that's good um good good question that he had that he had that professor reggie had posted and gives us a little material on a day that we're just kind to, yeah. we're kind of winging it at the last minute. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. Um, we did talk about um, when we said, hey, listen, Branding's not going to be able to make it today. You know, um, wh what do we need to talk about? Because it would be nice to finally get another podcast out, especially with people emailing me and texting me. You know, yeah. Hey, what, are you still alive? Right. Um, we, I, I mentioned uh, the aftermath of competition yeah because i think there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of um mentoring on preparing for competition everything from oh, yeah. how do you train how do you cut weight how do you prepare the morning of how do you actually compete successfully yeah um i don't think there's as much dealing with what happens afterwards sure i mean i briefly mentioned it on a blog at one point where a lot of times the most empty feelings you have is when you no longer have a goal uh, yeah, actually, that oh, was that your two, I think two blogs ago, yeah. two blog posts ago, because I do remember you writing about that. And yeah. it's very true. It's very true. It's Especially for people feeling. that are like us in the sense of very goal oriented, like, all right, here's my next thing. Here's my next thing. Yeah. And it's over. And okay, what do I do now? Yeah, I, I mean, I know I've sat in the car driving back home. I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah. Having that feeling like if I don't have something else to look forward to, it's almost anticlimactic. Yeah. Win or lose. Yeah, um, no, exactly. At least when you lose, you're, you're, you're um, replaying everything in your mind. 
Right. That, that some of the guys mentioned that because I was un, uh, unfortunately not able to compete at the IBJJF, and uh, some of the guys I talked to that that went that was their first tournament or whatnot. Yeah. It's like, uh, how'd you sleep? You know, and uh, I think it was Clint that I was talking to for this uh, particular one. I said, how'd you sleep? And uh, cause he's got a new baby, and he's like, actually, the night before the tournament, slept like a baby. The night of the tournament, after I went home, couldn't sleep. He's like just constantly replaying everything, like could have done this, should have done that kind of thing. And it's, I mean, that's normal. That's Was that what you were hearing from most of the guys? Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, uh, you know, especially like you said, if you lost, it's one of those, ah, man, I could have, could have tweaked this a little bit better or shouldn't let him get that, that pass or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah. now the calmness before the Clint's the only one that I remember specifically saying that as far as like slept like a baby before the tournament. Um, other guys might've, might've been that way. I know me personally, I don't, I don't really sleep that well. I like did okay. Beforehand. I mean, I was. I had a conversation with with Professor the day before. We had a quick conversation, and I voiced to him some very honest feelings I was having at that moment. Sure. And uh, you know, he just said, "Hey, that's ridiculous. Don't worry about anything. Whatever." And probably by the time I walked out to the car, I actually felt pretty good. Yeah. It was almost like therapeutic just voicing that. I got you. Um, being a hundred percent honest with somebody, and um, yeah, it was okay. I was okay. I wasn't afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but see, for me, like I'm a procrastinator. Like I 100, I cannot deny that I am a procrastinator, and I perform. Better. You're an artist. Yeah, right. What artist is not a procrastinator? <laughs> that, is, that is true. Um, so I perform better under pressure when I know that deadline. Okay, it's tomorrow at noon. Yeah. We could. You could tell me that four weeks in ahead, ahead of time. I'll be cool as a cucumber. The night before that. I'm like, oh man, I gotta like, I gotta do all this. I gotta get that. Like, it's just <laughs> like everything. It, it always, it always hits yeah. me like yeah. the night before. And well, I mean, do you do that thing where I, I mean, it's it's human, so I imagine that you do. Like, you know, the majority of the majority of our matches that we're gonna have, unless we're some exceptional competitor, are not gonna go the way that we want them to. Oh, never. Um, <laughs> and, I know, um, not a not a one. That's terrible. And um, so, do you do that? You go home, replay it in your mind. Your wife's having a conversation with you. You replay it in your mind. I mean, that night we yeah. had an event to go to, and people that I hope don't listen to this <laughs> were talking and drinking. I didn't even have a. I think I had a half a beer that night. No, I just you. yeah kept. And every time they'd walk away to go get food, I pull my phone back up. Yeah, and watch the match. And I'm and. So do you do you replay the almost like post traumatic stress? It, it is. Replay. It is a little. Bit, How do you yeah. deal with it? What do you, what do you do? So um, do you embrace it or? <laughs> well, so it's kind of funny because usually I've I've come to find like the tournaments that I have done. There's usually a UFC fight that same night, and I think was there a UFC that night? There was. There I was. missed it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is that that? Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was a sure. good get together. I'm not gonna say anything yeah, bad yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, you like those people. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but anyway, so. I've come to find that like that's that's a little helpful because everybody's huh. kind of watching the fight anyway. So if I look zoned out and I'm kind of watching the fight anyway, but I'm also thinking, especially if there's good jujitsu in the fight, right? I'm like, oh, that guy, oh man, I could have done that. Yeah. Or, oh, he did that to me. So I'm constantly replaying, especially if we get it a good video of it. That's, man, that's gold to me because is, especially yeah. if it's a loss, you know, yeah. wins. I love wins. Who doesn't like winning? But I'll watch a loss 20 times to the one time I watch the win. The win, I'm like, cool, I know what happened. I was there. Everything worked, right? But I want to know what didn't work. So for, I'd say, at least a week, I'm just constantly watching 
those videos over and over again and go like, oh, okay, could have done this yep. better. Or my last tournament, I can still tell you right now exactly what happened. It was guy was bigger than I, than I expected him to be going out okay. there. Really, really strong guy. He actually does CrossFit as well. I talked to him after uh, after the match. Guy went to take me down. I felt his strength immediately. As soon as we like locked up, yeah. I was like, ah. Oh. This is this is not gonna go the way I'd planned. I immediately abandoned any plan I had, <laughs> and uh, so he comes comes in for the takedown. I'm like, all right, no problem, whatever. But you had a plan B. Yeah, it, there's all there's a plan all the way to Z. Yeah. But I mean, because you, you know, doing jujitsu this long, it's like there's always a counter to a counter to a counter until you get to that point where you you fucked up a long time ago, yeah, as uh, yeah. Kurt Osiander would say. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he got me in half guard. I was laying there. I was trying to tire him out, get those muscles tired. Because dude was big. I mean, he had some some big biceps. So, so basically like, weathering the storm. Just weathering the storm. And then I made one small mistake trying to, uh, to uh, shrimp out and create some space. I left my arm, my right arm hanging out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He trapped it, put it in the key lock. You know, I had to tap before I could even, you know, move anymore. Right, right, right. But right. that I constantly, like, what could I have done differently? You know, not just from a jujitsu standpoint, but also self-defense. Because who knows when I'm going to make some big, super huge guy mad. Yeah. Gets me in half guard. So there's like, there's multiple things running through the head. Sport and self-defense. If I get in that position again, what do I do? How can I do that better? What can I do to not get my arm broken? Or, you know, whatever it is. So do you just embrace that? Or do you take other times where you're like, I got to stop thinking about this. This is driving me nuts. You get right back into the gym. I mean, what's your way of, because sometimes we just can't. Yeah. I mean, my work week this week was crazy. Killer, all yeah. I wanted to do was get back in the gym. Yeah. It, dri- it drives me nuts, man. I mean, I, I said it last time I was on the podcast. It was, um, you know, I, I train twice a week if I'm lucky. You know, Monday nights, I'm, I'm there not, 99% of the time I'm there Monday. If my wife gets home at a decent hour for me to tag out with the kids, I'll go another night, but it kills me if I know like Thursday. Thursdays usually I can go. She's like, hey, I'm not gonna make it home. Inside I'm dying. I'm like, <laughs> oh, why tonight? Tonight's yeah. the night, you know, and it's nothing against her. I mean, my wife, she busts her tail and, you know, she needs a break too. So it's not a it's not anything against her, but it's that internal battle of I really need to work on this. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. I really need to, you know, I need, that, I need to go that, see Joe, yeah. Coach Joe, and have him, like, use the lasso guard <laughs> on me and me try and get out of that because it's in my head. I want to work on this move or I want to try this this uh, defense to whatever, you know, you've been working on. So it drives me nuts all the time. And, and there's no understanding on, at least, I mean, my wife's pretty understanding, but she doesn't quite, I mean, unless you've been competitive, you don't know what it takes to really prepare yourself for an event. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's harder as we get older with more responsibilities to say, okay, even though I have this event coming up, it's just a tournament and I, I need to maintain balance in the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, this isn't a livelihood that's going to put food on the table. Yeah. We're not getting paid for this, unfortunately. Yeah. We're paying to do this. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Peace my sanity. Yeah, it's therapy. Honestly, yeah. that's, that's really what it is for me. It's like, it's therapy. And I think that, you know, that replaying of the, the matches... Um, or the things that you did wrong is actually a part of a strange therapy. Yeah. It's a very, very strange therapy that is, um, I think it's actually really, really therapeutic. It's not something anybody wants to go through. They don't understand the re I mean, some people understand, you know, when they understand it, these are the same situations that when people, somebody gets yelled at. Yeah. At sure. Work, and they replay it over and over in their head and they yeah. can't stop thinking about it or they get into a confrontation somewhere and they, they can't, these are the things that 
I think normal people deal with and to them it's very traumatic. Yeah. For us, it's a replay that can, I think continues to motivate you. It makes you work on, I mean, you learn so much when you compete. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's, it's, I wish you can quantify it, but, um, I don't think there's any way to really do that, but it, 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 it's like a lot of practices rolled up into one Yeah. because you remember all those experiences and the more you replay them in your head, the more you understand what you did wrong and you want to work on it. And it is, so it, it is something, I think it's a very painful part of the process, but I think it's very necessary. And I think you actually should just don't worry about it. Go through it. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. that painful ride. It helps you grow. I mean, you really have to, some people don't want to compete and that's fine, but right. I really feel like to grow as a jujitsu practitioner, you, you really need to step out there and at least get a taste of it, right? If, if you don't compete more than once and whatever, that, that, that's your thing. But I feel like for you to understand the whole circle of jujitsu, it's just a step out on the mat as a white belt, blue belt, whatever, it doesn't matter. Get a taste of it and then feel that defeat. Because I mean, yeah. especially if it's your first competition, you're probably going to lose at least one of your matches unless you're just phenomenal, which is great if you are. Yeah. Um, if you're somebody who's listening out there and you're like, I've never lost a match, good for you. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, but once you once you taste that defeat, it kind of gives you a little bit more of that like yearning to like, oh, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's figure this if out. If it's for you, yeah, you know, sure. Because I think there's I, I I say that the two times when people quit is after that blue belt and after their first competition. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's for a lot of people, it's just too much for them. I feel like the, the aftermath that, you know, that you're, you're talking about here with this topic is totally different in jujitsu, maybe jujitsu wrestling, like those individualistic sports that, I mean, sure wrestling's a team sport, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just you out there. Right. I've never felt the same way about jujitsu and wrestling as I did like, or, uh, with like baseball, you know, played baseball, played football, none of that stuff. Like, no, 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 that kept me up at night. Because you can, I mean, when you review film on Saturday, you can see if you missed a block. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like you missed a block. All right, could have done the, you know, be you know, the next, next play time. probably isn't going to be your fault. Because yeah. there's only so many plays that you're you're a, a pivotal part. Right. You know, if you're the front side of the play, yes, you got to maintain your block. If you're the back side, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, even if you do a <clears> mediocre <throat> job, maybe things will work out as long as where the play is going, people are doing their jobs. So it's not as humbling. There's embarrassing moments when you're reviewing film and you miss a block or whatever it may be, or you drop a ball or you don't make that pass. Yeah. Uh, but you are 100% everyone, all eyes are on you. Right. And it's the pressure of um, not wanting to disappoint others, not wanting to disappoint yourself. You want to justify the rank that you're at. You know, you don't want another human being to beat you. I mean, essentially in one way representing like taking your life right yeah you don't want any of that stuff going on yeah it's a big big uh big hit to the ego for some people oh, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. especially your first competition that's the the biggest thing because everybody probably... has that fantasy of their first competition and they're just going to be you yeah know, the next great jiu-jitsu all-star and if that happened i don't think that they would i think it's kind of kind of shitty yeah because you're not you're not experiencing that that the, the real rough. And you will eventually. Oh, sure. It'll catch up to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even the most successful guys. I think who, Bouchesha had, somebody wrote something about him, like losing his first eight matches or I or first, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was one of those right. things you just kind of scroll by. And I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised by it. You know, um, everybody goes through that. And that's part of, 
that's part of making you a good instructor, a good training partner, a good person to go uh, to a tournament with is going through that, that, those, that aftermath yeah. and the losses. And, um, but that's why I wanted to be at practice so bad on Monday night. I wanted to see. Yeah. You wanted to, to, to check. We your... had a good amount of people competing this, uh, this past uh, Saturday. Oh, you weren't there Monday, were you? No. Oh, that's right. Dude, that's I right. Been, yeah. No, I was only there in daytime classes. Yeah. My work schedule has been that's just right. atrocious because we're getting ready to leave for Japan. Um, but yeah, so it was a good class though. I think somebody posted it was. a picture. Yeah. 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 We, we had quite a few people there and I think everybody, yeah, actually everybody that competed was there except for you. And, uh, I think Ken wasn't able to make it. Um, okay. I believe maybe his son was, had a, a wrestling meet or something yeah. like that. But, um, but yeah, all the other people like that had competed, they were out there, you know, checking it out, seeing what, okay, what, what can we do different? Yeah, um, that's awesome. You know, so, which, uh, you know, it's one of those things I, you were just saying too, is like having somebody to go through that with you again, it's individualistic, but it's still a team at the same time yeah. because you know, iron sharpens iron. We all help each other out and can't get better rolling with a, with a dummy that doesn't do anything, yeah. you know? And, uh, it, it kind of goes back to that individual group. I would say the, the three, have I talked about the three dichotomies of fulfillment? I don't think so. Or at least if you have, it's no. I talk about it a lot, so that's why I don't. I don't. I don't want to mention it again. So the three dichotomies of fulfillment. Um, so so the first one is chaos and and and. Um, I don't think you've so, talked about it on the podcast. Let me put it that way, because I'm yeah. trying to remember. I don't think you've mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah. So, so chaos and assurance. Yeah. So we, you know, you have to run through life with a certain amount of stability. You have to know that in your mind. Imagine if you drove your car and you were not sure every person that drove by, if they're going to swerve into your lane. You actually weren't even sure if your car was going to work. You actually didn't even know the laws of physics existed where when you sat in your seat, whether you'd actually be there. That would be a pure nightmare. So there's certain things in our lives that we are secure about. Um, But there's a certain amount of chaos that we need also. And most people are kind of in the middle. Some people that need a lot of security, we call them neurotic. A certain people that need a lot of chaos, we call them risk takers or adrenaline junkies. But most of us are kind of in the middle. So another dichotomy that has to be present is, um, contra- it's actually the third one that I talk about, contribution and personal gain. Okay, um, you, 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 If you were all personal gain, and that was the majority porter of your life, again, you would be considered narcissistic. Um, if all you did was give, 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 you would be kind of this... Uh, I don't know, almost a martyr. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, most of us are kind of in the middle and we find, we find peace in the middle. And the second, cause that's typically the third that I talk about, but the second one is individual and group. And we all want to be individuals. Um, but if we're too much of an individual, um, you can see, you know, those people. Right. Um, and again, I keep using the word zealot it must be the word of the day. It is. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're on one end, you're kind of a zealot. Um, but most of us are in the middle where we need a certain amount of individual identification, but we mm-hmm. also need to be identified as a group. Sure. And I think that's what jujitsu does. Um, it is, it's an art form that we as a group practice and, but it's also, you develop your own personal style. Yeah. 100%. Um, it's very, very unique how that works. It, it is. And it's actually unique how, how jujitsu actually covers, this is a whole podcast in itself, but it covers all three of these dichotomies. Yeah, you know, there you have a certain amount of chaos when you first start, and it becomes more stable as you develop your game, and then you get promoted, and then it's chaotic all over again. Yep. You know, you as an individual are there in class, um, uh, but you're there as a group. You're there in class as an individual, but you're there as part of a group. And then you, you know, the third one 
I can only gain and grow personally if I contribute to the group. Sure. Yeah. So, um, God, I don't even know where the hell I was going with that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, that, that individual, uh, group dynamic, uh, that jujitsu, uh, provides. And that's an amazing part about competing and having partners to go with. Yeah. That's Um, what we're just talking about. We just showing up on Monday and this, the day after the aftermath of, you know, just saying, having somebody to share that, that bond with and kind of grow with in in that sense of, Oh, I just competed and you're dealing with all the emotions and all the thoughts and the processes. And uh, if we can do that together, that's awesome. Cause you you understand me kind of thing, which, you know, it's like your wife might not get like why you're boohooing at one o'clock in the morning. It's like, it was just a match. You lost whatever. Whereas your training partner go like, yeah, man, like I was feeling the same thing. You know, it's, uh, it's comforting to know that other people feel that same way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, it's, it's, uh, I love hearing this interview with Craig Jones, um, that he said, yeah, I really haven't done much. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah, what have I won? I haven't, who am I? So who, who did, uh, who was was on flow grappling? Oh, okay. And it was one of these interviews, um, uh, that there's kind of a walk in the park interview. Yeah. I got to sit down and, and I forget the guy's name that, that does the interview. And, uh, you know, the, the degree of humility, but also the, ref- the way that he's talking mm-hmm. is the way most of us talk. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, who am I? I yeah. don't really want anything. Oh yeah. yeah. So I want an open tournament, like big deal. Like I, you know, Oh, I want a couple of m- matches at masters, but I never want a medal. You know, it's <laughs> just this, this kind of, he had that same, and it just brings to light. Humans are humans. Yeah. And it- we all feel this way. We all have the same insecurities. We all have the same aftermath that we go through um not all of us but again you know there's some people on the ends of the spectrum sure, right definitely. But the majority of people that you're going to associate with the majority of the time are kind of in that middle and they're experiencing the same things that you are they look at themselves the same way that you do um and i think that's why um, i wish we could have came out with this on monday <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you know time heals sure and so Without most people probably are not thinking about their wounds from this weekend and, and our team did fantastic. I mean, guys did really, really well. Yeah. I think everybody fought hard and they got out there and that was great. But you know, unless you walked away with a gold, most likely you're replaying some stuff in your mind. Yeah. And you think you're the only one that's doing that. Yeah. That, that's, that's the biggest thing too. Yeah. It's like, you're not, you're not alone in this. Like yeah. everybody's doing the exact same thing you are right now. Oh yeah. Even if you're sitting in the corner at the party with, you know, <laughs> with your beer and your hang on like. I'd just rather be back out there like doing this whole thing again or, you know, just trying to, to, to replay the steps or whatnot. It's like everybody that was there. Oh, and the on same Tuesday thing, I was in the same position that I was in where I shit the bed. Yeah. And I did just fine. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. Well, sure. It was, and I, all I did was, <laughs> was I passed crazy. the guard and I went, why, what the hell happened to me on Saturday when I didn't do that? You I hit, know you, that position. You hit like, your goal and you were like, I'm done, man. <laughs> I, you know what? It's it's funny because I think that might have happened. I mean, I don't, I've always said like, if you have a knee jerk reaction to say yes, or mm-hmm. a knee jerk reaction to say no, you need to shut the fuck up for a second. Yeah. Stop and re-examine. I think uh, Malcolm Gladwell said that most of the things that he says instinctively, he no longer says. Because he says, if I make a reaction that fast, mm-hmm. I need to stop and check myself. Because that's probably not the truth. Interesting. And so, even though I feel like I'm not the type of person to say, oh, I hit that sweep. 
that's all I wanted to do. Right. That may have been my mentality so embedded in me that maybe that is why. I, I don't know. Yeah. And that's part of that journey, that questioning. Sure. But I think I said, I can't believe I did that maybe 200 <laughs> times yeah. after the match. After it happened, yeah. That I'm just like, what the, what the, and I think people were asking, dude, what happened? Right, yeah. Like, and I haven't seen the video Are you okay? Yet. Did you get hurt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, I did. We'll do a video if we have time on my thumb about how to tape it because it's a, uh, we can't see it because you don't have it on video, but you can see right now. Oh, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> Can you describe to everybody what's happening here? So we have... Uh, Dr. Joe has his, uh, his palms outstretched, and uh, his right hand is absolutely fine, uh, extends completely normal. Hey. But his left hand, instead of making a, uh, a proper thumbs up, it, uh, the thumb just bends in towards the knuckles of the rest of his, his fingers. It's just... That uh, little marionette string that causes the thumb to straighten out? Yeah. It's gone. Yeah, what's that called? Uh, that is the extensor longus. Yeah, well, his extensor longus is gone. It's gone. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> no longer existing, which you really don't need because you don't need to extend your fingers. Sure. You just need to be able to grip. Right. Yeah. You need to need to be able to pull back with that thumb. No, I say that but... to people and they're like, what the hell are you talking No, I mean, I'm not going to go eight, six to eight weeks. And plus this injury is so rare that um it's conservative management but it's supposed to be splinted in an extension which i can just that, that was my next question are you are you gonna do anything about it or? No. okay all right <laughs> dude i'm not getting tattoos because i gotta take time off i'm not gonna have surgery on my thumb sure, sure but you can see where the tendon is too where it's built back and we'll if we have time we're gonna do a video on how you would tape this because there's a real specific way to tape this gotcha. but in, in any case after after that you know yeah. it's like the thumb and why the hell did i do that and that just that um and it wasn't the time at, at that moment to talk about it with other people, but I knew like, oh yeah, this is something everybody experiences. We need, we need to kind of address that. Yeah. And I think that one of the, I would love to be able to have a tournament afterwards where not everybody has to do something immediately after. Yeah. And that you just get together and talk. Yeah. Have a and little go power over video. It. Yeah. And I think that that would be incredibly helpful. Um, but if not, at least have that video for the week after. And go to your coaches and go to your uh, professors, set up a private lesson with your professor, go over the things that, you know, have the video ready. Yeah. And so they can address it, you know, because um, I think that's a, that's an, that's an invaluable opportunity that you have that you need to capitalize on. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I, I went with the coal to his uh, his first tournament, which is at a tap out. Wait, he did cancer. win first at that tournament, right? Uh, so he did actually. He like... won second. Oh, okay. At that tournament. Okay, he took second again. He took, this yeah, weekend. yeah, he took second um, as well. Which is first tournament? Yeah, that's awesome. He, he did great um, at the tap out for cancer because I think the first one, first one was win by submission. Yeah, it was an arm bar. Okay. And uh, he had caught the arm bar. And he actually told me after the fact, he's like, yeah, arm bars, I'm not really that comfortable with them yet. So I was like, well, you did that one just fine. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the second one, I think he lost by points. Okay. And the third one, he won by time, if I remember correctly, if that's how that went. I think it was three matches. Did you get to videotape any of them? So that was where I was going with that. Regardless of what happened, I videotaped it. Um, okay. And, you know, it's, it's one of those first tournament, your 15th tournament, whatever, you definitely want to have those. So if you're out there listening and you're like, oh, I'm going to do a tournament next week or whatever, record it. 
Like that's yeah. the main thing you, you need to do is just record it and watch it. Doesn't matter if you win or lose, watch that thing fifteen times because you're gonna learn something. You're gonna yeah. see like, ooh, I could have put my hand in this position. Which is like the main thing about jujitsu that people kind of figure out as they get better at this is like, oh, it's the minute details. Right. It's the it's the little position of turning the thumb towards the sky when you're finishing an arm bar that makes all the difference in whether or not you are able to lock that in and um, yeah, just look for those small tiny details. And then you have something to take to your training partners to your coaches to your professors yes that they can they can help you with because though you know people want private lessons but you need to go to a private lesson with a question oh without a doubt yeah, yeah. don't waste your time and don't waste whoever's teaching you their time because sure you can get there and be like oh, i kind of want to work on you know whatever butterfly guard it's like do you do you kind of want to work on butterfly guard or do you suck at butterfly guard and you want to know how to sweep somebody like yeah. you yeah. should always go in there with a plan because uh, yeah. otherwise it's just a waste of everybody's time yeah just, i always say come to class with a plan Sure, yeah. Because you never know when it might be, hey, what do you guys want to work on? Yeah, actually that, that kills me more than anything is when I don't like watch the videos for the day or, or something like that. I don't. I just kind of come in like, I'm just going to go to class today. And then professor's like, all right, I want you to teach something today. And I'm like, today? <laughs> uh, could, could you ask me last class or the next class when I'm more prepared? What is your go-to? What is your go-to? Like if I was to say, let's, let's go over something right now. Do you have a go-to? So depending on the class, so like, let's say it's, it's just full of white belts, right? That just, just started or whatever. I always like to teach uh, a single leg okay. um, takedown because I feel like that's the easiest one to get people mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. And I hate double legs. Um, yeah, I I've, I've mentioned that so <laughs> many times to so many that. people. I hate a double <laughs> leg takedown. Um, they're effective, but whatever. That's a whole nother, we can get into that on the podcast on takedowns, but a single leg. And I, I usually show the variations from that being running the pipe. Uh -huh. um, then the treetop, uh, where you, you pull the leg all the yep. way up in front of you and trip. And then, um, I guess the treetop going front and back, mm -hmm. um, I show those. And then the other one that I, uh, I'd actually showed up not that long ago was that Kimura, uh, yeah, reversal yeah. from yep, the single yep. leg. Mm -hmm. That's generally my like go-to if I don't know what I'm going to show or what everybody's good at or, or knows it's already. It's a good place to start. It's like you need to know how to take somebody okay. down and you need to know how to reverse it. Okay. Um, that's generally my go-to. Now, the bread and butter I like that I haven't perfected. Well, I'm not perfect at anything. Let me step back here. I haven't perfected to a degree in which I feel comfortable is the butterfly guard. I love butterfly, mm -hmm. but there's so many things I don't know about that guard yeah, yeah. that if there's somebody who's really good at it, I will... I will eat that up all day. Um, but I love teaching that to other people too, because it's even knowing one or two things in that guard, it's very, it's very specific in how you use your sweeps and stuff. And right. a lot of people like to lay straight back in butterfly to try and do that. Um, just that, that standard sweep where you yeah, lift like the elevator sweep. Yeah, elevator yeah. sweep. Yeah, yeah. With the, with the butterfly guard, the hooks in, um, but it's not a layback kind of thing at all. It's a it's a roll forward kind of deal. Um, so that's usually something else that I can you can really spend the whole class. It's just the simple like yeah one sweep from butterfly guard and really getting the the nuances down. So yeah, the more you teach that, the better you get at it too. So, yeah, I mean that's no what doubt. it comes down to. Yeah. So this weekend, um, just to give shout out to guys from our gym that competed, we had and this is gonna stink because I'm supposed to have it in front of me. Um, so we had Luke. Uh, yeah, Luke Barker. Luke Barker. Um, I tell you what, I'm gonna pull the list up so okay. we don't. Yeah, we miss want to close anybody. out by telling you guys good job, and um, I'm gonna make sure we get everybody's name. Super in here. proud of everybody that stepped out. Yeah, win, lose, draw, it doesn't matter. Um, going out there, stepping on the mats. I mean that that just takes you know takes courage. To oh, and Luke, Luke for his match, he had his little boy. 
Oh yeah, right there. Go, yeah. Daddy. Which and actually, then, congrats to Luke. Uh, before I forget yeah. too, because uh, he just uh, they just had a daughter that was yeah. born this past week, right? Yep, on yeah. Monday. Yeah. So congrats to to his family. Um, so yeah, that's cool though. It's yeah. Oh, like, oh man, that's awesome. yeah. I was like almost crying right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's another funny thing. Like it kind of tugs at the heartstrings. It's like something you don't you don't really get to later in life. I guess yeah. is like that whole like you know your kid being proud of you and like you oh know, yeah. so that, yeah. that go yeah. dad. We're just as insecure as our children. Oh yeah, like, without a doubt. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we had Coda. Um, Coda. So Coda had. Let's see how many how many people did he have in his division? He had. Oh, 19 yeah, I was about to say, division. I didn't get to watch, I haven't watched really anybody's match. I've talked to people and I've, I've heard about them. Um, he was but, an animal. Yeah, he's, he, he trains animal. at Murfreesboro, so I haven't actually had a chance to talk to him at yeah. all. But Oh, um, man, animal. Great, very proud of him. I mean, he just did, he, it was, it was great because we are, my, my mat was right next to his, so I could see him competing. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, yeah, he just did a great job. He, he, he just, he put it, he put it out there, man. He's just, yeah. He's pretty awesome. He's a going savage. To, yeah, going to school full time, and uh, he seemed to put it together really well that day. He ended up taking second. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so Out of a bracket that big, huge, I mean, huge. that might as well be yeah. first at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. He's got to yeah. be really proud of that. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we had Coda. Um, had you? Because um, I'm just going down the list through here, like who was supposed to compete. I, know, I, I, I call. I, I text Amy. I'm like, I won my first match. Yeah. And so they're like, woo! And then then I said, go ahead and. Text her now. I said, just because my dude didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> my dude didn't show up. Uh, so how many matches did you have total? Just one. You just had the one? I okay, had the one. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought that was right, but I want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I was looking forward to it when there were three people. I was like, yes, I hope I don't get a bye. Yeah. Because if I don't get a bye, it guarantees me at least two matches. Sure. Yeah. And of course, my dude doesn't show up. And so we kind of sat around forever in the bullpen. Because apparently, if. Your guy doesn't show up, and the tournament is running early. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You have to wait to the actual time that was originally listed, and then twenty oh. minutes later before they're disqualified. Interesting. Yeah, I sat That's... around forever. <laughs> I was yeah. so excited to go first, first time in my life ever to be able to go first in right. a jiu-jitsu tournament, and then watch everybody else. Yeah, it did That's... not happen. I was stuck in the bullpen the whole damn time. That is annoying. Um, yeah, it was pretty annoying. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any case, yeah. So we had mine, and then uh, then Cole, which we had mentioned. Yep. Uh, second place. Second place for him. Um, George. Yeah, George had a tough match. Yeah, I, I. They kind of had the ring set up in such a way that you were able to coach effectively from one side, of, but we couldn't really coach from the other side just because the the way it was set up, like the barrier um, being yeah, further back. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. kind of stunk. But um, <clears throat> yeah, he just had a really and George is an animal. Um, he just had a really really tough first match and. Did really well. It was back and forth, back and forth. Gotcha. Um, uh, Mr. Wu, Michael Wu. Yeah, he performed really well. Um, he had a couple matches, right? Yeah, he... Yeah. he I, God, did he win two? Shoot, I can't even think now. He ended up taking second. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, he ended up taking second place. And I think there were five or six people in his bracket. Let's see here. Yeah, he t- uh, well, it looks like he took third, actually. Okay, he took third. I think he took third. We'll okay. just we'll just say he took second for the, yeah, for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> He's probably listening like, why'd you say third? Um, then we had Clint, Clint Browning. Yeah, again, he was another one that was in a really weird position uh, for his match. Yeah. Uh, Ken, Swain. Yep, same thing. Same they thing. were kind of all over on that side, and then uh, and then Luke, which we had mentioned yeah. him at the beginning. So that so was we could know guys. guys that are probably. 
you know, going through all that this weekend. Um, so that's eight guys total, including yeah. yourself. I mean, that's that's a good showing. You know, I think it us. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I was really hoping we as a team would take first this weekend, um, but that didn't happen. Um, but I'm sure next year, you know, we'll have more guys. There, yeah. So without a doubt. All right, man. We're at uh, just under an hour right now. Anything that you wanted to close with? Um, I mean, just stay out there, stay training. You know, that's yeah. a, that's the main thing. Is like we've mentioned. Watch those videotapes if you have them, and don't let it eat you up too bad. Yeah, Uh, pick out a few things that you can work on from there and kind of concentrate on that. I mean, there's not any real big competitions coming up until Nogi Worlds, which I know us personally, we won't be. I'm not going this year. I was planning on it, but my wife has to get surgery, so um, we will be in town. Um, But uh, besides that, I think in February for... The folks down here in Tennessee, uh, we have the Atlanta Open. That'll be February 1st. Yeah. So that'll be our next competition. Um, so this is a good time to enjoy the holidays, work on a few things that maybe weren't going well in the tournament or whatever it may be. And I know our school has a test coming up for Blue Belt. I was actually just about to mention that. I've yeah. got several guys. How do you feel about testing? Ah, uh, man. Because um, some, some places do it, some places don't. Sometimes you got to test, and next thing you know, sometimes you have a purple belt around your waist. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Um, I like, me personally, I like the aspect of if you're rolling, and then all of a sudden, you know, you stand up, and, like, there's a new belt on you. That has always been, like, the coolest way, in yeah. my opinion, to get a belt, is somebody just, you know, you get it by surprise. Yeah, yeah. I personally don't like the, hey, Anthony, you're getting a new belt tomorrow. It's like... Cool. That's great for multiple reasons. One, I don't. I'm not the kind of person that's like, "Hey, look at me. I'm about to get my purple belt." We're like, right. when we're getting our belts, like, people are like, "Oh, you're probably gonna get your purple belt." I'm like, probably, logically, yes. I'm gonna get my purple belt. A, I don't want to know about it, yeah. and then B, like, I don't really want to tout it. Like, I don't want to say like, "Oh, sure. yeah, I'm a purple belt now," because that's just not me. That's not my my personality. Yeah. Um, but I do like surprise aspect of it. I'm not a big like. When my birthday comes around, I don't care, man. If you remember, great. If you don't, that's cool too. I'm not that kind of guy. I know some people are like, you got to get me a gift. You got to tell me it's my birthday or we're not talking for three weeks. exactly what I want. Yeah. So, um, but this is one of those few times in life like that I really do like the surprise aspect because you don't really know in the sport like when you've earned that right to wear that that new color. You don't know where you're at unless you're competing a lot. Yeah. You don't know. Only your professor really knows. Yeah. Your professor feels you roll. You know, they know where you're at. Because you're progressing with everyone else. Yeah. You know, and the things that you're that you do well, they know. Right. Yeah. You know, so they kind of shut that stuff down and, and so it's it's not the same. It's only like your professor really has the insight or the experience to know where you're at. But I will say in the aspect of white belt to blue belt, I do kind of agree with the testing because I like it. You can kind of yeah. fake it till you make it. Yeah. But once you get that blue belt, it kind of there's a, there's a new level of responsibility with every belt yeah. that you get. Yeah. And at that point, like I should be able to pair a blue belt with any white belt and then know that they're going to take care of them if they just walked in the door. Yeah. So I think that comes with the testing means like you know the basics enough that I can trust you with somebody that just came in that doesn't know anything and you're not going to let them hurt you and you're not going to, you're not going to hurt them yeah. kind of thing. Because, I mean, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know some pretty high level guys that, no, I shouldn't say pretty high level guys, high level color, color belts. Sure. Um, not at our place. They can't teach. Oh yeah. <laughs> like they're, that's not happening. And it's not that they're I'm not sitting right across from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not, it's not that they're bad people. Yeah. They're, they, their jujitsu kicks ass. But it's sure. such their personal style yeah. that 
having them teach something it it's tough it's yeah. tough no, no. you know um and it, it's I, funny because I, I get that as i i know some people as well yeah that, that fit that. wow you know yeah. so i think this you know testing uh kind of it at least i think because i think in some aspect most testing requires demonstration explanation um and then sparring yeah so and i think that's the way this will be designed for them um so I don't know. I kind of like it. I'm kind of excited about it for uh, the guys. On Monday, that's actually what he did. What Professor did it was a little bit of a study hall oh. for for those guys. Was um, you know at least the, the first class was study hall in the sense of like, all right, work on your moves that you're going to test for, ask questions uh, if you need to, and then at the end, he was like, all right, I want you to show me a sweep from half guard or whatever it was. So he's like, whoever did it, and then he was like, nope, next, nope, next, and then he's like, I showed, I did this to show you all none of us, you know, we're not going to do it perfect or, you know, there's always going to be something to work on. It's not like a, an embarrassment thing or it was, there was nothing negative about it. It was just like, we all have stuff to work on. Oh, yeah. um, so it was just like a growth thing to show you. And especially like put you on the spot too. Like we just worked on all these different things and it's like, all right, show me one. And you're like, uh, Oh yeah. Show, I think, show you I, what? <laughs> one of the best lessons he, not the best, there's so many of them. Sure. But I still remember we had a, something like that where he was like, okay guys, let's go ahead and I want you to show me a move. And so I'm like, oh, you want me to show you a move? Oh, that's awesome. This was a couple years ago, too. Uh-huh. I'm like, I did this thing called a lasso sweep. Let me show you my lasso sweep. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm going through every little detail. My knee here, and I'm doing this in the back of the hand. Right. And he, I do that. He's like, that's good. He's like, how about this angle? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it was awesome. Just because like, I had it all so blown. constructed. And he helped me with this angle, which has been Actually, I went back to an old video when I when I competed against JT. Uh-huh. Do you remember JT, blue belt, blonde hair wrestler? He's in England now. Oh no! I didn't so know that. this is back when I was a blue belt. I watched okay. a video. Yeah. Of my lasso with him. This yeah. is all the way back to blue belt. Gotcha. And I didn't do that particular angle that Professor Reggie showed me. Right. And the the sweep didn't go so great. Gotcha. And then it's progressed. It went from there to using the angle with the timing being wrong, where the guy got points for side control, <laughs> to <laughs> actually doing it right. But it was a progressive thing. But that angle helped. But it all came from that, hey, you show me. And no matter how well you think you got that technique, yeah. there's somebody that can show you a variation or a little tiny angle to make it even better. Yeah. And yeah I, so, yeah, those are valuable. I times. think that's the kind of, uh, and I know we're kind of running over an hour here, but I think that's like the beauty of a black belt is when you come into the sport, you're like, oh yeah, sure. They know everything, whatever. But it's not until you start getting into your higher belts that you realize how much a black belt knows, like a good black belt right? that's spent the time, like the 20 plus years, like learning their craft. And it's like, oh man, how did you just open my eyes to something I've been doing for, let's say I'm in a purple belt now, six years, whatever. I've been hitting this move or this sweep and nobody's ever defended it. Well, it's yeah. Cause you've been dealing with people that don't know the ins and outs of like this particular move. And it's oh, like, yeah. You know, I can just put my foot in this place and stop that. And it's, I didn't know that was possible. I had no yeah. idea about any of this. Well, you know, you figure 12 years to get your black belt, whatever it may be. That's the time it takes to get a PhD. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> we put so it they in got perspective. their PhD, you know, in yeah, jujitsu. Actually, it's a little longer. It's, yeah, it is a little longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, it, Horian used to say, he, he had this quote where it's like, I can show you everything I know in like six months or something like that. And he said, but the variations, the permutations, the actual body movements are going to take you, you know, 16 years right. to get yeah. down off of those six months. Right. Yeah. You. 
which is just crazy. Just the, the way it is. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many variables to this ever-changing math problem. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. Which is, that's what keeps me interested. That's why yeah. I keep coming back to the mats. Um, yeah. I know that's a little bit off topic of today's thing, but maybe that's that's another podcast. Yeah. It's what, what drives us to keep to keep doing this and keep coming back and you know putting our bodies through this because it's not easy, <laughs> as your thumb would attest. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, maybe we'll do a video later on it and uh, just go over some taping techniques for fingers and things like that. But anyways, yeah. we'll cut it off from here, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate everybody that tunes in. We will... As the holidays roll around, actually, I think it's I'm going to have more opportunity to sit down and do these uh, with Coach, and hopefully we'll get Brandon in here. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm going to ask uh, Professor Reggie. There's some really awesome topics I'd like to go over with him, in particular, um, just dealing with injuries and dealing with how jiu-jitsu changes as we get older. Right. Um, so um, I think it's just a time issue. Uh, but guys, thank you for all the support. Thank you for the email saying that you miss us, and uh, we'll... We'll, we'll keep content coming out, including videos. Um, but until then, keep training.